1: mean o lion media presents wardrobe boss hey there welcome to the wardrobe boss podcast eliza here and i hope you are having a fabulous day i am the wardrobe boss and we are here to discuss anything and everything wardrobe related including personal style success fashion closet organization mindset who's wearing what who wore it best why are we back to wearing that anything and everything fashion related and we hope that you have fun with us that's our goal and that you learn something we always try to bring on I always try to bring on guests that are really experts in their fields so that you take something powerful away and you just have fun while you're learning and hanging out with us today my guest is an image consultant as well as an executive coach and when you look at him if you saw him the second you lay eyes on him you will know that that is what he does David McKnight really has built an empire on doing this and I'm glad to welcome you here today David thank you for joining us tell us a little bit about how you became an image consultant
0: well, Eliza, let me just start by saying thank you so much for the invitation to be on your podcast. Um, and also, congratulations to you. I know that you have a background in radio and you just have such a dynamic personality. And I'm really excited for you and to see where you take this podcast because I know it's going to be an exceptional. And it's really going to stand out in a sea of many podcasts. So kudos to you. Congratulations. Oh, you. And Really glad to see you come full circle and to embrace this uh, this new platform, this new technology compared to the radio days. So, right. again, congratulations and thank you for those kind words. Um, I really.
1: Well, they're appreciate- all true.
0: <laughs> well, you're very kind. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. Um, but just to answer your question, in terms of how I became an image consultant. I actually say that I started image consulting when I was 12 years old. I love it. And I'm I'm in my 40s. I'm I'm not embarrassed. I'm proud of that. And so it was a while ago. It was during the 80s and the reason I say that I was an image consultant um, starting at the age of 12 is because, believe it or not, I actually used to dress my mom and style my mom.
1: Oh, the I church, love it.
0: For different functions. I just always had this innate sense of style. And I remember her saying, well, David, there's going to be Women's Day at this church or dad speaking at that church and I need to look really sharp or what have you, Uh, because my father um, is a minister or was a minister and I grew up in the church. And so a lot of our activities and social engagements revolved around the church. And so I remember her taking me, shopping with her and asking me what she should wear and what looked good on her. So I, I feel like it's just in my bones and it's been something I've been doing for a long time. And fast forward to being in college, I was actually voted best dress for four years in a row in college. I went to Rutgers University.
1: That does not and, surprise me.
0: <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I never, I mean, it's not something I study uh, necessarily. Right. It was just something that was really kind of ingrained in me. And and so fast forward to today, I now make a living out of helping people with their image, with their style, but also with their, their presence. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little later and what that means. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's something that I've been doing for a very long time.
1: And I know that, right, although this is um, your forte, you did have a certain amount of time that you spent in the executive world. Can you tell us about that and how you married these two worlds to be what it is today, where you are today?
0: Yes. uh, Great question. So when I was growing up, um, to be completely frank with you, I didn't have a whole lot of professional role models. Mm. The role models that um, I was exposed to were people in the church. And teachers um, and community leaders and so I didn't really see anyone who worked in corporate America okay. and so I, I put myself through school I paid for all four years my parents okay. didn't pay anything they couldn't afford to um, yes. so I was really scrappy I got um, a combination of scholarships and grants and I worked three jobs throughout college and so yes after graduating from college i went straight to grad school and did the same thing paid for grad school with um a a full scholarship and so from there it was time to start interviewing and i'll never forget i was um, finishing up or in the middle of my first year of grad school and companies would come to campus to interview students and so everyone wanted to interview for consulting jobs and I didn't know what consulting was <laughs> I was like what is consulting what what do you do as a consultant so I ended up applying and I actually was the only person in my entire class who got a job at this this pretty prestigious consulting firm uh-huh. and so from there I just started this long kind of history or or tenure in consulting. So I got my start in corporate in consulting, did that for 15 years, spent five years on Wall Street. And then I said, you know, I'm done. I think I'm, I'm, I just want to work for myself. Right. So that's when I decided to just really lean all in full time and do my business for myself since the beginning of 2018. The reason to talk about how I married the two, I actually did styling on the side many years ago. In fact, I think that's when I met you. It's been about 10 years and I was doing styling on the side. And then I realized that styling was fun, but it was a lot of work and it was a lot of grunt work and pulling clothes from stores and taking them back and making sure that they weren't damaged and a couple right. times things got damaged and I had to pay for it and I was like this is not a sustainable model so I decided to transition into being an image consultant because I still help people with style but not so much for red carpet moments or for magazine shoots, but for everyday life and for corporate. And so I was able to blend my corporate background into my love for style. And that's how I landed where I am.
1: You know, it's really empowering to hear people say, well, I really didn't have the means and I didn't know how to get here, wherever that is in life. Right. And then just say, but I navigated this way and that way. And I took what I saw And I just decided to go a different way. Like that's always super empowering. And I love that um, this is, you know, that you've used every part of your experience to build your career to what you want it to be. And, you know, I think that. Although when people think of corporate people, they just think of a suit and tie, but we're in a time where, yes, of course the suit and tie still holds up, but suiting has changed so much and so drastically, even for women and for men, because we're in a much more relax, but you still have to keep it corporate. So can you talk about how important it is for your presence and your image in corporate, even to climb the corporate ladder?
0: Yeah. You know, I'm so glad we're touching on this because I think that image is so really important. And some people may think, oh, that's superficial. What really matters is my resume, my grades, where I went to school. Well, yes, those things are all very important and I'm not downplaying them. You really do need to focus on those things, but our image can be used as a strategic tool, a tool to help us stand out from everyone else in the crowd, a tool to um, use as leverage to climb up the corporate ladder because unfortunately and and i'll say this based on experience a lot of times we as people of color particularly brown and and black people we we don't want to invest in um um hiring coaches or or using um hiring those services that can really help to propel us and so i think it's important that we pay attention to the image that we project because our image. If you think about it, um, light travels faster than sound, so people will see you before they yes. can hear you. And we need to make sure that we are always communicating the right message. Whatever message it is you want to communicate, it needs to be intentional. And so that's something that I always talk about when I work in with my clients. What are your intentions? What do you want to communicate? I mean, I love what you're communicating. You're communicating someone who is very stylish, someone who is very fashion forward, someone who's very bold, just looking at what you're wearing. And I love it. And you own it. And so whoever you are, if you're in corporate America, if you're um, an entrepreneur, it's really important to kind of do an assessment and take stock in your image and your appearance and think about what do I want to communicate what do I want to convey, and then from there you you kind of build the wardrobe around it. So I think it's important to be really intentional.
1: I agree with that. And one thing that you said, and I think that we as people, right, really need to kind of bring our thoughts in and sometimes just change language around a little bit because even when you said um, it can be intimidating to hire a person to help you with your image. But if you change that word from hire to investment, you're making an investment in yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like these people who have, you know, to me, the people who succeed the most in life are people who have book smart and street smart. So I feel like many times as people of color, there is an advantage there when you have street smarts and book smarts and you combine them. If you add your own personal style on that, um, I mean, there's no telling where the confidence you gain from that will take you. And so I think that sometimes the way to look at it instead of, I got to hire somebody, this is going to cost me this amount of money that I can't afford or that I can't use to spend now, you have to decide what you're willing to invest in yourself and how much I think you should put aside to invest in yourself because people are yes they're going to look at your resume but even when you said out of all the kids on campus you were the one they picked immediately I thought to myself I wonder if they picked David because he's polished and because of his Mm -hmm. style you know, a lot of college kids, they're not thinking about that. And that's completely understandable. They, you know, they're thinking about school and they don't have, if they're paying for school, how are they going to pay for clothes too? You know, that's a whole nother conversation, but there's so many ways to go around getting the clothes you need. At your personal budget whatever it is and even if you have to invest in some but one let's say a photographer but you can't pay for them maybe you can coach them in something and barter you know services well I can help you with this if you you know if you can help me with that so um, I think it's very important what you said and I'm really glad that you said that um, talk about personal branding and how that's important. And, and because I think people think it's just a cliche. It's something we say to make you feel good. You should have your personal brand or it's only for people who want to be an Instagram success, or it's only for business people. Like talk about how that applies, not only in the executive world, but to everyone.
0: Yeah. Um, Another great question, because I think that personal branding is so important. And you're right, Eliza. It is an overused term. Everyone is a personal brand coach. Um, There's so many personal brand gurus out there. But if you think about it we all have a personal brand and some people what really surprises me is that some people don't believe that they have a personal brand well I'm here to tell you today that yes whoever is listening to this podcast you driving or you walking down the street you have a personal brand yes and I think that it's important for people to understand and realize that Um, number one, we all have a personal brand, which I established. Number two, you have a personal brand that either is by design or by default.
1: Amen. Mm -hmm.
0: So I talked about, and I used the word intentional earlier. If your brand is by design, then that means you are intentional and you are aware, you're self-aware. If your brand is by default, that means you probably don't, don't think you have one but you do have one. And your brand is what people say about you. Um, it's often said, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And yes. I do believe that's true. When you're not in the room, when you're not in, at the party, when you're not in the conversation and how people describe you, that is your brand. And so yes. our brand is something that we all have control over. Mm-hmm. We may not think we have control over it, but we do. And so I really encourage people and I try to do a lot of writing and speaking about the fact that we all can control our brand. And um, last year when Michelle Obama wrote her book, um, I read it, of course, I'm sure you and many of your <laughs> listeners read it as well. And I loved it. And so there was one quote that stood out at, um, for me. And it's not, positioned as a personal branding quote, but to me, it really summarizes the essence of personal branding. Uh And that quote is she said in her book, if you don't get out there and define yourself, you'll quickly and inaccurately be defined by others.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh, it's fabulous.
0: We have to define ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to own our brand. And so I want people to, if they take nothing else away from this discussion with me and what I'm saying, it's to know that you are in control. You do have a personal brand and it's really important for you to own it.
1: And also, you know, David, I, I think that was great. Thank you. Um, I'm sure that you, as well as myself, and I just want to say this to make it clear to people who are listening, it's not about what you tell them to wear or what I tell them they should wear. It is about discovering who, who they are, right? Like you said, what their personal brand is, what their personal style is. So if, you know, the people who walk around and they say, well, I don't care how I look. I don't care how I look. They always care how they look. They may not care about other things that leads them to not caring about how they look. But if you go into any workplace, any place of work in your community, You know, in church, anywhere, people do look at you and they do judge you by what they see. Like you said, whether it's by design or whether it's by default. Um, Is there any population that you feel um, that you'd rather work with? You know, I don't know. Sometimes you find a niche and you're like, you know what? I'm better with men, right? But is there any population that you feel like, I'd rather work with these people and this is why?
0: Yes. Ah. In the beginning, when I started my career, I was really serving everyone, and and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, But by marketing to everyone, I was essentially marketing to no one. Right. And so now I'm very clear about who my target market is and why I can help them and how I can help them. So I also want to say that my business has really two prongs. There's the image consulting piece, which is the style and helping people with their appearance, but there's also um, the executive coaching piece. So now I do a lot of executive coaching, career coaching, and the two are really very complementary. Yes. So it's not like I'm teaching music and baking cakes. Right. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm helping people with their appearance, but also right. with their career. And so... I'll be honest with you. Let's talk about the image piece first. Um, for many, many, many years when I started, I was working with a lot of women and few men. So m- the majority of my clients were actually women. And I found that women actually really appreciated a male's perspective. And I had women who said, you know, I really prefer to work with the male than a woman. And so there's various reasons why we won't get into that. But um, so I was working with a lot of women. And then I started seeing that my male clientele was growing. And I made some observations, Eliza. And I realized that, I'm going to be completely honest, working with men um, w- was easier.
1: Yeah,
0: men, I loved working with them. But you have to be really gentle. You have to be really sensitive because um, and I think a lot of media and magazines are really at fault for this. Um, Women are very insecure about body and about accentuating and balancing. and, And so and of course, I worked with that. And because of my demeanor they really appreciated that and referred me to their friends. Right. But it got to a point where I said, you know, I want to be a little more efficient and as you grow, you want to scale. And so I found that with my men, it was just much more like yes. just tell me what to wear, just very, very factual. And also, I can speak from experience. I can say, you know what? I really like this brand. I have this brand in my wardrobe. I love it, it's comfortable. And I couldn't really do that with women. There are many talented women who really target working with women and who can do a phenomenal job, including you. And you and I have worked together several times and we've collaborated. And I know what you can do and I know your capabilities. And so if you think about it, there aren't very many men out there who do it, number one, and there aren't very many men who focus on men. And so I said, you know what? I see an opportunity. I see a gap in the market. Let me really focus and niche down on men. So long story short, I really focus on men when it comes to image now. When it comes to coaching, I've also done some niching and some filtering down, and now I focus on helping people of color, specifically brown and black people, Latinos and Latinas um, and African-Americans. And the reason why, and I really kind of came to this decision uh, since this summer, Mm -hmm. seeing all of the episodes that we saw in the media and the news of right. black and brown women just being killed unsensibly, I was like, you know what, how can I help? Um, yes, I can get out there and March, but I want to be, I want to have a different impact and I want it to be authentic yes. to me. And so I've shifted my business model and now I target specifically Um, African Americans and Latinos now it's not to say I don't work with Caucasians I do but I'm really being again I'm going to use that word intentional about who I want to help and the reason another reason why I've done this apart from the racial injustices but in my practice I collect a lot of data with my coaching clients is confidential I've collected information on their salaries their industries And I see a big disparity, a big gap between what my Caucasian clients are paid and what my black and brown clients are paid. So I want to help them kind of level out the playing field.
1: I really, really love that. And I really support that. And I understand. Um, and, And I do agree that you're great with both, but I can see you working with men. And the thing about men it is true. They are easier to work with. Um, I work with both. But, you know, with you, what I think is awesome is that when men look at you, they kind of want to look like you, not that they want to be you. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. But they want to have a clean, polished look. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's like we're, we're all guilty of it. But, you know, we're going through life. We're going through life. So You can't pay attention to everything, but when someone's ready, they're like, okay, yeah, that's something I want to do. And I really love that because I think that people need to see men of color in a different light and not only in whatever, right? In a casual light, but it should be an all around light because we have so many, um, especially now more than ever, more educated men of color, more men of color that have uh, families and different backgrounds and that they participate in community. And there's just so, so many uh, rich things about them. So why not only see it if you get to know them? Why not kind of see it as soon as you see them. So I love that you're doing that. Just so, so, so love that. Um, Thank you. I have a question. What are three things that you continually see that hold people back from either changing or going another route? Because it doesn't start in the closet, right? We start in the closet, but we know it goes beyond that. So three characteristics maybe that you see that people, have that hold themselves back?
0: Wow. Um, Where do I start? I mean, there's a a number of things that I think um, I've seen that hold people back and they don't realize it. And that's that's the part that really pains me and bothers me. And of course, I want to help them, but I can't help everyone if they're not a client. And some people um, are just not good at receiving unsolicited advice and so i i keep my thoughts to myself but i will answer your question and i will say the first thing that i see that holds a lot of people back and i'm going to really tailor this to us eliza our community um black and brown people because that's who i'm really working with and i see these things and they're so um pervasive number one is not realizing their worth and their value I think that's so important and the reason I bring that up is because I've worked with several clients who um, when it comes to interviewing will work on their interviewing skills resume LinkedIn and then when they receive an offer the negotiation part is where they really struggle and fall down and I speak to one specific client um, we worked with i worked with her she wasn't getting any interviews, any job offers. long story short, we worked together she got several many interviews and a few job offers and so there was this one job that she wanted and she ended up taking a very 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 low offer about lower than what her previous salary was. And I said to her, I said, why didn't you come back to me? We're working together. We're still in our coaching arrangement. Why didn't you come back to me and say, this is what I was offered. Um, What should I do? She just accepted the offer. And when I asked her that question, she said, well, David, you know what? I was just so grateful to get an offer. And I get it. I get it. Um, She was laid off for a while. Bills were piling up and she just wanted something, but she was worth a lot more. She could have gotten a lot more. And there have been there's been research done and 70 percent of employers say that they expect people to negotiate. So it's an expectation but sometimes we just don't negotiate and we don't realize our values. So that's number one. Number two, I think that when we talked about personal branding, I think that when it comes to people's personal branding, particularly entrepreneurs and and even professionals, we don't like to self-promote. We feel that it's bragging, I don't wanna brag, I don't wanna be conceited, I don't want, and I, I get it, I get it, but we have to kind of own who we are and our self-promotion. In fact, I was talking to a friend about two weeks ago and I was telling her, she was like, oh, I'm doing this um, panel discussion for Johns Hopkins, where where she graduated from. And they asked her to facilitate a big panel discussion. And I said, oh my gosh, wow, that's great. And she's trying to be a, a career coach. Actually, she is a career coach now, a new career coach. And I said, you're going to share that and let your audience know. And she said, no. She said, do you think I should? I, I wasn't. I didn't want to brag. And I said, this is a brand building moment. Are you, <laughs> you are facilitating a big um, panel discussion for a pretty prestigious school. And you are wanting to be a big career coach. But you're afraid to share this. And so I feel like we are just so ashamed, so afraid to really do a little bit of self-promotion. And there's a big difference between self-promoting and bragging. And you have to know how to do it strategically. I agree. And then the last thing is, um, and we touched on this earlier in our conversation, I just don't think that we invest enough in ourselves. If you think about it, if you think about a house, you can buy a house for let's say 500,000 or a million or whatever. And that house will either appreciate or depreciate based on the investment that you put into it.
1: Yes, yes.
0: If you don't take care of that house, if you don't maintain it, it's going to depreciate. If you renovate it, if you upgrade things, if you fix pipes or whatever, it will appreciate. And so our image is the same thing. It will, I mean, we need to think about our image as equity. Are Absolutely. we investing in it? Or are we just, like you said earlier, not caring? And so right. those are my three things that I think um, hold people back.
1: Th- those are uh, really, really interesting things and I'm guilty of one of them like straight out of the gate and that's not bragging. I always feel like but I don't want to brag but I don't want to brag um,
0: no it's not bragging eliza right. it's self-promoting you should self-promote
1: yes so i'm I'm working on that myself and it's not that I'm not a confident person. I am confident but yeah. if it's an area where I don't feel too confident, well then Um, I can be a little timid, but I will work through it Um, that I will give myself. I will work through it. And um, I really love what you said. And it's part of the reason that I do this, too. Right. It's because for me, I feel like once I can get into someone's closet, now I'm in their personal space. And when I'm there. Now I can really start with, and sometimes I don't even have to talk about it, but once I can get someone feeling confident in their outfit and what they look like, as I continue to work with them, because it's always a continue to work with them, and I get to know them, I really get to see where they're holding back or where they're not confident, and then I start to get to work on that and really bring that out in them but the uh, the amazing thing is is that the uh, the clothes sometimes serve as magic because the clothes allow and it's not about a costume right and it's not about anything fake but mm-hmm. just being a little bit more confident in your clothing then it goes to your outward appearance and then if your closet is organized then your mindset is organized. And if your mindset is organized, then you start to see more success. So it does snowball into an amazing effect. And I do see people gain their confidence that way. And like you, um, it's very important for me to do that. And I work with this organization a couple of times a year and they are amazing. They're called the Grace Institute. They're here in New York City. I don't know if you've ever heard about them, But no. what they do is they take women throughout the city who make a $5,000 a year. And then they take these women. Exactly. Who can live off of that? Right? I mean... They take these women, they go through a training, and then by the time they get out um, this training, it's like a year or so, I think they start with $40,000 and up a year. And so one thing that they do is they have these huge conference room with all this clothing donation, and Mm -hmm. they let the women come in and pick a certain amount, a certain amount of shoes, one handbag, accessories, Mm -hmm. um, three suits to interview with, whatever. And Mm -hmm. so... What I do is I'm in the room before the women get in the room because most of the time they get and they don't know what they're looking for. Some do know what they're looking for. Some don't. Mm-hmm. Some are not sure. And for me, I don't know why I developed this habit of, looking for the person who looks like they will have the most challenging time and then I feel like I'm on a mm-hmm. game show because I can't see them beforehand so I have to see them there and as soon as I see them um, I have to find stuff really quick for them and tell them to try it on and this this happened to me more than once but I had a young woman who I kid you not she was probably between 22 and 24 she was um, like a maybe a size 22 or 24 she was a beautiful girl and you can see the defeat when she walked in the room like I'm not gonna find anything here for me and mm-hmm. I don't know how I was able to do it but again for me it's fun it's like I'm on a game show and mm-hmm. I found some things for her and I said just please just trust me and try it on mm-hmm. I mean she went like from you know a closed bud to a flower by the time she left and I, was, I didn't find her anything black or gray. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was able to find something her size, but with color, with a texture, with a print, something that brightens up her face. And it was a complete game changer for her. It happens again with another woman who was much older than all of them. And she was very, no, I'll only wear this. I'll only wear that. I'm very specific. You know, she was one of those people. And I even got her to come out a little bit, right? Because sometimes we think we know everything, but that's the whole reason that a coach is there to coach you into your best self. And it might be something that's, um, unexpected for you. So, um, I just say all of that to say that, yes, when we help, um, Everybody, Right. And no matter whether it's easy for them to afford our services or it's not it's just the joy of helping people and seeing people transform, especially people who are trying to find their confidence again, mm-hmm. find right. out who they are in life get back on their feet after some traumatic, ridiculous situation. And then on top of that, they don't have support of community, of family or whatever. So I really, like you, love working with both populations. And I just love um, the three things you said are stumbling blocks because maybe someone out there is listening to us and they can say, you know what, I identify with that Mm -hmm. How do I, you know, how do I start now to overcome this? And me too. If someone comes to me and says, listen, it's happened to me once before a girl came to me on Instagram and she said, I don't think I have the money it would cost to work with you, but I would really, really love to work with you. Can you help me? And I, you know, I always find a way to work with, right? This, Mm -hmm. these people, And I set aside a time and everything to work with her. She never came and she never showed up. And I thought to myself, you didn't even give yourself a chance because I'm willing to, like, help you to the point that I can. But, um, you know, it's... I just wish that she would have taken advantage of the opportunity because it's more than just about the clothing. It's about gaining your confidence, knowing who you are, having a certain mindset that helps you succeed in life really mm-hmm. is right what mm-hmm. it comes down to. So, um,
0: well, can I just respond? You, you said, that, me, uh, yes. and I, it was really amazing. I loved everything that you shared. Um, a couple things, and I might forget all of the points that I wanted to make, um, as you were talking but one thing that you mentioned around image i think that the work that we do is is really powerful mm-hmm. and not everyone has the ability the skills the vision to be able to dress themselves in a really powerful way so right. i want to commend you for the work that you've done with those women because again i think that just the right dress the right suit it can right. be really transformational and it can really help to allow people to shift their mindset. And so uh, some people think that working with a stylist or an image consultant, oh, that's um, superficial. It's really powerful and it can be life changing. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, You also mentioned working or offering your services for free to this woman Um, And I totally get it. And I've done that many times, but my coach, and it's interesting. I actually have a coach, even though I coach, I think that it's important to have someone who can help you identify your blind spots and and help you get to that level. So that's what my coach does. Um, But what she said is she said, David, um, don't offer your services for free Right. Because people won't appreciate them.
1: Absolutely. The
0: that not everyone can afford us. And no, they're not going to be able to afford your whatever rate. Um, but even if you charged her, you could say, OK, well, I normally charge X number of dollars, let's just say two hundred and fifty dollars right. an hour. Um, but I'm only going to charge you twenty dollars an hour. So let's meet for one hour or exactly. let's meet for. And you have to meet them where they are, because then people will appreciate it because they're putting something into it, even if it's $10. Um, And so that's something that I've recently kind of learned.
1: I agreed. One of the biggest things that I've learned in, and I normally would not do that because I agree with everything you said. And one of the things like for me, the biggest thing I've learned in doing this kind of work is if someone is trying to nickel and dime me and keep negotiating, then I'm then that's not the person for me. Right. These are my services. This is right. what it is. Again, if it's a special case or a special situation, I love to offer my services for that. Um, last year, I had a kid who is autistic, and he was going to his prom, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Tebow has this foundation where, um, the autistic kids get to go to their own prom because they're not in regular school, so they don't go to a prom. So Mm -hmm. it's a special prom for them. And this kid, I just fell in love with him and he was Mm -hmm. awesome. I wouldn't take, you know, a, a dime from them, but he had such a great time and we went and got him a suit and it was awesome. And, um, it's, you know, some people helped me, we got up the money so he could rent the tux and it was just awesome. So I really love to, you know, offer where I can my services that help someone have an experience that transforms their life. And the thing about you and I and many other stylists is that we've both worked with A-list celebrities, every kind of celebrity. Yes, Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed that, but it's not as gratifying as this, because to Mm -hmm. me, Um, there's, how would you say it? Um, This work is a little bit deep. It really is helping Mm -hmm. people. It really is a way to kind of give back using your talents, of course, to make a living, but you're helping people be better versions of themselves, be the best versions of themselves. And I don't know about you, but for me, most of the celebrities I worked with could care less and they don't appreciate it the way people who are just trying to be better people in life do. So that's, that's my preference of population that I like to work with. I just like everyday people who want to be better people. Um, they're mostly professionals and all kind. I get housewives, I get career women, I get stay at home wives. I get all kind of women, but Um, that's like my personal, um, my personal population that I like to work with. Um, can you tell us about a time where you had a a complete difficult client and how that turned out to be amazing? Like it may have started out super difficult, but then the end result was just awesome.
0: Hmm. Um, a difficult client who, Um, well, I, I worked with a client recently, um, actually right before the pandemic, I wouldn't call him a difficult client, but Uh it was a little challenging to work with. Um, he actually suffered from, um, there's a name for it. I'm forgetting the name. I think it's called body dysmorphia. Okay. And he was actually very, very fit but he used to be overweight. And so, Uh, even though he was really fit, and I kid you not, you could see him walking down the street and you would be like, oh, wow, he's got a nice physique. Um, He mentally, it didn't catch up with him. Got it. So He still thought that he was overweight and heavy. (laughs) And so when I dressed him and styled him, Um, I wanted the clothes to be, of course, not tight, but slim Mm -hmm. fitting um, and really complementary to his physique. But he felt so insecure and he was like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. It's too small. And it was really hard. And I had to really coach him. Mm -hmm. And we, we had to really talk about it. Long story short, he ended up loving everything. And I see him on Instagram and everything we bought and he looks amazing. He's out, he's with friends, his partner posing or whatever. So it was, it was hard. It was really difficult. And also one thing that I got out of that relationship, and this is why a lot of women really did enjoy working with me is because um, he grew to trust me. And yeah, I was not going to, have him looking crazy. I was not going to dress him in a certain way. I knew he was pretty conservative. And so I stayed within those bounds, um, but I still elevated his appearance. And we yes. did get that sleek, kind of minimalist European look that I was going for for him. Right. But it took a moment. It it took a moment, um, Eliza, and it wasn't easy, but the end product turned out well, and so I don't know if you know this, but I'm in Miami right now. I'm not in New York. I'm still um, allowing New York to heal. I wasn't
1: sure, Yes. Um, yes.
0: But I have several clients who reach out to me and they're like, David, let's go shopping. And I'm like, I'm not there. Uh, Because, of course, things are opening up and people want to get out. Um, But, yeah, it it turned out to be a good story.
1: That's awesome. You know, that um, I love that story because it really touches on relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And this, what you and I do, this really is about relationships. And the reason I think clients hire me over and over again, I do have... Of quite a few clients that have been working with me for years and mm-hmm. I'm more comfortable with them too and I can say don't wear that and there's some mm-hmm. clients who call me and they're like I'm going to an event with my husband I don't know what to wear and I'm like go pull that orange dress and go pull this shoe with the you know this this shoe pull that handbag pull and they're like "Oh, I wouldn't have even thought of that and I know their closet better than them and I love it but um, <laughs> It's the relationships that you build are so cool. And that is one of the the joys of doing this kind of work. If there was one thing you would say to someone who might be listening to us that they're like, you know what? I think that, yes, I need to give myself a chance and invest in myself and hire an image consultant. So, what would you what would you say to them to help them in this process?
0: Um, hmm. Or
1: There's what some... to look for when hiring an image consultant? Sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, if they're thinking about hiring an image consultant, I would highly encourage it. But I will say to make sure that there's chemistry between themselves and the person that they're working with. If the person, I mean, and you can pick up on chemistry just in a phone conversation in a Zoom session. I would actually prefer that they do a Zoom session so that they can see the person. Uh Um, Because we live in really a 2D world right now. Um, Many people are still not going out. Many people are still not having in-person meetings. And so we lose something from a communication perspective. Yes. We lose the feel, the energy, the touch. And so we only rely on sight and sound. Right. And so I would highly encourage them to do a Zoom session, um, see if there's chemistry, and ask the right questions because... Um, You want to make sure that the person is not just going to tell you what to wear, but to listen to you and to understand and still elevate you, but in a way that is still authentic to who you are. Yes. And not trying to make you into someone that they think you should be. And so I think that's really important, as you mentioned um, previously just now, relationships. And so that's really key, and that's what I would suggest. And And it's not just price. Yes, I get that people are price sensitive. I totally understand. But you kind of have to balance, okay, the cheaper person may not be the best person. And so really kind of look at the whole um, package and be strategic right. about it.
1: Yes, and I would also add to that to examine the person's background. You want that mm-hmm. person to know their brand, to know clothing, to know history. Not just someone who says, "Oh yeah, I'll take you shopping." They want, they need to be sensitive to your shopping budget and what you or need, not. and your body type, and you know what works best for you. Do you have any uh, allergies to certain fabrications? Like this is things that. That you want to make sure that they know that they're really a professional in this sector and that they know what they're doing because you want to gain not only an experience, but an education out of the whole process. So I would add that to Um, David, I know you have a book, you have e-style guides. I mean, you just have so many tools in your repertoire. (laughs) Where would you like to see yourself? Like, what's the end goal for you with what you do? And do you even know Mm. what that is?
0: Wow. Um, that's a, that's a tough question. I don't know what the end goal is, (laughs) but I do know that honestly this is why i'm on this earth this is my soul path this is what i'm meant to do um even when i'm 60. yes in my 70s (laughs) (laughs) i may not be taking people out shopping but i really want to do some form of image advisory coaching and so i really think that this is why i'm on this earth to help people elevate um, from those standpoints. Um, In terms of where I'm at right now and what's next, I mean, I'm really thinking about a couple of things because my goal, Eliza, in the next year and beyond is to impact more people. So I've done a lot of one-on-one work, um, 14 years worth of it, and I've got a lot of experience. I've gained a lot of experience and worked with a lot of different people. Now I want to take my skills and be able to um, impact the masses. So is that a yes. course? Is that a workshop? Is it a master? I don't know. But I'm really kind of at that point where I'm thinking about how do I take my knowledge and how do I scale so that I can impact more people? Yes. And so that's really where I'm at right now.
1: Awesome. David, you are one of my style soulmates. I thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your experience, and really empowering people today. I feel like your information was really um, encouraging. I hope Mm -hmm. whoever's listening to us really got something today. I hope they had fun with us. I hope that Mm -hmm. they just... Um, take away a wealth of knowledge and Mm -hmm. more so than that encouragement. So I thank you so much. Please let everyone know where they can find you, what your social media handles are, your Mm -hmm. Amazon book.
0: Well, I just want to end by, again, as always, enjoyed our conversation. And every time we talk over coffee dinner lunch we always have a really good time and uh, sometimes we may not talk for a year or two but as soon as we reconnect it's as if we never um skip all the time all the time so i really appreciate you being there for me um for the past 10 plus years um in terms of where people can reach me or find me, um, my website is mcknightimagelab.com. And mcknight is like Brian McKnight. Um, right. <laughs> um, pretty easy to find mcknight image lab um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Everything is mcknight image. So remember, I'm all about brand. And so I want to have a very simple, consistent brand. So it's McKnight yes. image across all platforms. And then, yeah, I, I did write a book. It's called the Zen of executive presence and it's on Amazon and I would love for people to pick it up. Um So uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you hopefully sharing some insights and some knowledge with your audience. I had a lot of fun and we should do this again.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, David. And audience, come back and join us again. And at some point in the future, I will absolutely have you back on, David. Thank you so much. Have a fabulous day. I will see you when you're back in New York. We are due a lunch, a dinner, a catch-up event.
0: Sounds good. I'm looking forward to that. And I'll hold you to it.
1: Yes. Ciao. Thank you so much, David.
0: Okay, bye bye.
1: Okay, bye bye.
0: Wardrobe Boss is hosted and
1: produced by Eliza Perilla. Edited by Ken Johnson. Associate producer Lauren Turner. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Wardrobe Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Wardrobe Boss is a mean old line media production.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra.